We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your Georgia Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. Get that through your head, folks. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Boys, it feels good to be a national champion. You know, we thought once was, would be good, but uh, it's always better when you got it twice, right, back-to-back. Kobe, first off, before we even start the show, how are you feeling about last night? I mean, I, I'm still running on that high, honestly. I mean, from like we were talking about earlier, from the moment, you know, Holly Rowe is standing there with Kirby. She's like, Kirby, how are you guys going to play tonight? You know, what have you told him? He was like, we're going to play aggressive and we're about to go hunt. I was like, it was a wrong night to be playing the dogs. I don't care. You can sit there on Twitter and you can tell me TCU got outmatched, TCU this, TCU didn't deserve to be there. I'll tell you this right now. You could have put any football team on that field last night, and they could have gotten it. I mean, it, it's just the way Kirby can get those guys up for a game. It just, just like Oregon at the beginning of the year, you could have put, you know, Ohio State again, Michigan, Bama, anybody, and it would have been just a bad night to be playing the dogs. And I think that's what gets everybody so excited about Kirby and what he can do and how that this team especially seems like they have a switch that they can turn on and turn off. Like this is the same team that, that gave up, you know, three touchdowns, four scores to Kent State, and they go out there and they beat TCU to sleep. So I'm, I'm, I'm still buzzing on that. And to know how much we're returning next year is just like the little cherry on top of the, of the milkshake. You know, so Kobe talks, you know, talked a little bit about what all we're going to talk about. So I'm going to give you a rundown of what we're going to talk about. First off, we're going to talk about that 65 to 7 beatdown of TCU. We're going to talk about Stetson Bennett. Is he the GOAT in regards to Georgia football, right? Georgia has also set themselves as, or Georgia has set themselves as the standard in college football as it stands right now. We're going to talk about that pregame speech. I, I'm sure y'all probably heard this thing coming around right now. Listen, we're going to talk about that. All right, we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about what lies ahead, right? Your back-to-back national title uh, champion, right? Your back-to-back champions on the verge, right, of looking into next season, potentially trying to 3 P, right? And, and that's rarefied air in itself. Got a lot to cover, so let's get started. You talked about his pregame, you know, talking about the pregame, right? Aggressive. That's what Holly Rose said. That, Holly Rose asked that question, you know, to your point, Kobe. And when I heard him say aggressive and the look in his face, at that point, like we had talked about it yesterday. And it was like, all right, you know, I think it might be a close game, whatever. I think Georgia might cover, whatever. When I saw that question and how he answered that, I, I just knew I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Like, anyone that saw that, if you're a Georgia fan, I I think we are all in agreement here. You knew he was laser-focused. We expected them to be laser-focused. I did not expect what was to follow after that response because his his comment 
and in response to Holly Rose's question, summed up the entirety of the 60 minutes that followed. And it was no, he left there, there was no question about it. You go 60, so you go 65, right? You 65 to seven. Missed point or missed extra point away, excuse me, from 66 to seven. And the seven points that they received early in the, or right in the middle of the first quarter was off of one misassignment, miss blown coverage, right? It was kind of a confusion there and, and ultimately got them in, uh, you know, to the end zone. Uh, as we bring on Juan Daniels, Juan Daniels is here. Juan, I need you to be loud. Are you? Let's go. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Listen, I, you came in at the right time, Juan. You came in at the right time. We were talking about, obviously, the, the viewers understand this. We talked about Kirby Smart's response to Holly Rose's question right before the game and how he wanted to be aggressive and he was going to hunt. When you heard that, what were your thoughts? Oh, it was curtains. I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was going to be bad. Uh, you, you know, in, in, in TCU's defense, right, uh, the way that Georgia prepared for this game, the way that they were starting out, the way that they came out, there's probably only two teams that could have possibly even challenged them. And uh, that is the um, Persian Empire. And that was led by, you know, Cyrus the Great. And then uh, Janet Jackson and the Rhythm Nation are probably the only two that could have probably challenged Georgia that night. Outside of that, it could have been Ohio State. It could have been Alabama. It could have been anybody. They were getting dominated, absolutely dominated. Now, to, to this point, though, right, like I saw a lot of people saying that TCU didn't belong there, things like that. Listen, I think they did. But they weren't ready for what Georgia brought to the table. I, it's quite obvious at this point. When you have the efficiency that Stetson Bennett and that offense executed at last night, ain't nobody stopping that, folks. Ain't nobody stopping it, no matter what defense you put in front of us. Yeah, because I mean, TCU, they they did what they were supposed to do. They played the games that they were supposed to play uh, to get there is what I'm saying. They played the games that they were supposed to play. They were able to beat Michigan, um, who was who was a favorite, uh, you know, for that game. But again, it didn't matter who stepped on that field last night. It was it was going to be bad for them. Yeah, no, there was absolutely zero doubt as we have a cameo appearance here. PGD Patrick, what's going on, baby? <laughs> National champs, yes, sir. And 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 Patrick, I'll be the first to apologize. I mean, I, I have something to say. Sixty-three to three. Um, Can you guys hear me? Did you know that the Georgia Bulldogs are undefeated in the CFP since the DGD podcast became a thing? Oh, is it coincidental? It I don't think not. so. I don't think so. It is not. Oh, hey, also, too, I just wanted to three to see three says so. That's a pat fact. That's that's what I'm talking about. Hey, also, too, if you uh, predicted Georgia to go undefeated, to even win the SEC championship, to go 15 and 0 and be national champions at the beginning of the season, raise your hand. Juan, I think was Juan, Juan might have been the only one. I had him 12 and 1, man. I had him 12 and 1 to losing in the SEC championship. That so. would be me. I'm eating, my, I'm eating my I'm eating my crow. Okay. I'll eat my crow there. <laughs> I mean I eat it I eat it once, but I'll do it again. I don't care. Hey, that's that's a bad thing to eat crow on, right? Is for for that's another that's, I'll, championship. I'll, shit, I'll gladly do that. The other the other thing too that I saw somebody posted that Georgia has more national championships in the last two years than losses. <laughs> yeah. That, that that's another yeah, great wrong. problem to have. Oh, man, I see J-O-double-G. She said she had two cups of that Apotheos coffee. Let's go. You know, I had I had my, my normal more, uh, morning coffee as well, Apotheos. And, uh, you know, listen, that's the that's the coffee of champions, damn it. That really is. That that uh, Classic City Collective blend just hits different on a morning like today. <laughs> I'm just going to let y'all know about that. Hey, link in the show notes if you want to support the collective, by the way. Show's brought to you by Apotheos. So, with that being said, we're looking at so let's let's kind of go back here right before last night. You're looking at a 13 and a half point spread with an over under total points being 63 and a half. I think it was 
Georgia covered the spread, and they covered and they covered the over by themselves. That's ridiculous. I told you, Robert. I told you you didn't want to take the over. You didn't want to take the over. I think you wanted to take the regular spread. Well, I, t- I knew that over was going to. There's no way that they were not going to score over sixty some points. Well, the way I looked, well, I wasn't even that. The way I looked at it was this: I thought Georgia was going to get up a comfortable lead and then and just squeeze the game out. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people did. We were proven wrong. Oh, fourth and five. Hey, when when I tell you when we went for it on fourth and five, <laughs> Kirby basically said, "We are some straight killers. Leave no doubt." Um, but that right there was just, uh, you know what? Hey, we are here. We're here to stay. And um, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know you guys don't want to hear it. I'm not trying to be arrogant. Y'all hearing, y'all hearing something? Y'all hearing something? I mean, you saw Kirby last night. If you he was in, well, he game, was on. He was in. He was in his own. <laughs> he's, run, he's running to the sideline. He he's one, two, and then he points to the third. I mean, it's like he knows he knows what he's returning. Like, and he knows what the portal's bringing. He knows what Bama, Ohio State, and Michigan are losing. I mean, you know. How great those defensive uh, those defensive linemen, freshmen? How great did they play? You got those guys coming back. You have a, your your strong safety or your safety uh, is a freshman. You, you get Dan Jackson wow. back from injury. I mean, like your defense is gonna reload Gosh. even better than it did this past Cause year because you, you've got Malachi as a full year starter. Yes. Right? That, that and then now that is key right there, folks. Because you're losing what you're losing. You're losing. Uh, Chris Smith, the leader of the secondary, you're, and, and you're going to lose Keely Ringo, right? I don't feel as worried about our secondary, right, because you've got Javon Bullard, right? You, Javon Bullard is only a sophomore, folks, and he was defensive MVP. Yep. What a game. But then when, what when a game. You, when, that's two games in a row, right? Isn't that two games when, in a row for him? Two games yeah. When you – hold on. When you look here, – here's the beauty of it. When you look at last night's performance and you really – start to analyze what we saw. We saw utter domination, but I saw freshmen on the defense. Bear Alexander, a sack and tackle for loss. I saw Jalen Walker creating so much habit, getting in there, blitz and putting pressure in Duggan's face. I saw Michael Williams. I saw Malachi Starks in the backfield. Obviously, Javon Bullard. I saw Pop Johnson. Smile Mondin. Man, Monday Every Every single. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They have eligibility and are expected to return to this defense. Yeah. It's Uh scary. Yeah. yeah, not for Georgia fans. Not for Georgia fans. Everybody else. Oh, it's it's, it's scary for everyone. But it, you know, all they were talking about too is how much Georgia lost last year. All those people that went in the draft, and then for us to do what we did last night and not take a single um, transfer guy, I, I just think that said so much to that team for for especially for Kirby to say, "Listen, I believe in you guys. I'm not trying to bring somebody in here to take your spot." The way that we train, the way that we work, the way that we are, we believe in what we have here, and boy, did that show. 
So I want to run some things over here, guys. I'm, I'm going to pull up a graphic. Juan, I want you to read some of these things because this Georgia team is, is historical, right? They're historic. I'm going to pull up a graphic, and I want you to read every single fact right here, that every single stat that is pulled up. I want you to read that for the folks. And, I, and please, while you're reading this, if you're watching or listening to this, soak this in, folks. Soak it in. Read that for us. All right, let's see here. This is the first time since 2017 UGA had three backs over 500 yards. That That's amazing. First time uh, since 2015 UGA had a wide receiver go for over 750 yards, and that's Ladd McConkie. The first team in the college football playoff era to go back-to-back, the first time in school history going 15-0, and most points scored in a season 610, beat the seven final-ranked football, uh, college football teams, the highest yards per game in history with 501, the second highest points per game scored in the season with 40.7. Um, and then we had a, um, a Mackey Award winner with Brock Mowers. That's that's just outstanding. Absolutely nuts. Absolute nuts. It's just ridiculous. The best part about it is, and I want to translate it into this, right? We talked about what's, right, what's coming back, and there's a lot on offense. But I want to I want to take this time to to give a shout out and a huge shout out to Stetson Bennett. I don't under I don't think people can can put just how much ridicule that this man got. But to go and, and win back to back national championships, four playoff games, four offensive MVPs, folks. And just the efficiency that we, we saw Sequavius execute at last night was just a, the perfect summation of his Georgia career. In my opinion, I don't think there's a question that he's the GOAT. I really don't when it comes to Georgia football. I really don't after after last night. Kobe, what do you think? I, I think Juan doesn't want to talk about it. But um, I think like any team – Quarterback gets all the praise. Quarterback gets all the blame. When you're winning, it, it it's him. When you're losing, it's him. So at some point, with that much pressure on your shoulders, I agree. You in in six postseason games that he started, he's five and one. One of those losses to Bama last year in the SEC championship, he avenged that loss. I think I saw a statistic. You know, he's accounted for like over twenty touchdowns in those six games by himself. He's only thrown three interceptions. Um, he's also rushed for three touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I think last night cemented his place in in talks of being the greatest person to ever put on, you know, a pair of pads at the University of Georgia. Um, he he just he just has done things like AJ McCarron, like the people in the past who you know, he's had a great team around him, but just because you have a great team around you doesn't guarantee you're going to win. I mean, there are plenty of teams like Ohio State, like Michigan, like Alabama. I mean, Bryce Young's had two of the most talented rosters the last two years around him, and they just can't get it done. So there's something to be said about, you know, being able to finish, being able to to push yourself, your team, you know, to, to elevate them. And, yeah, maybe you don't have all the God-given ability in the world, but you're able to lead them during winter workouts. You're able to lead them during summer, you know, running programs. You're able to have them believing in you. And at some point, it, you know, it's it's like anything. It's a game of belief that you trust the man across from you to do his job so you can do yours. And And that's been what he's been to this program. And that's a big reason why I think he is one of the best. Um, you know, I, I think that they'll call at some point, especially with the new AD, and ask for the funds to build a statue somewhere here in in Athens. I think it's coming. I think Kirby's is coming as well, but I don't think his will come while he's actively coaching. I think Kirby's will come one day when he's when he's gone. I don't think he doesn't want. If he's preaching that we can't be complacent, he can't also be building a statue of himself outside the stadium. Like, which, which is a complete just, contrast. It's a complete contrast to Tuscaloosa, right? 
do they already have his – I mean, yeah, but he's – I mean, okay, in Kirby's year 16, if he's one seven, I could see him going ahead and putting the, state, the statue up. Because I also agree that you want to do it while they're alive so they can enjoy it. I don't think you want to, like, you know, with Vince. I, I love, you know, everybody loves Vince Dooley to death. I mean, they were really close to naming the field almost too late. And that's just not something I think you want to do to someone who's given that much to your program. You want them to be able to enjoy it while they're still here. Yeah. Juan, I want, I want to I want to turn the mic over to you, my man. Um, you know, as the as the goat, what does the goat have to say about the Stetson for goat talk? You know what 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 Kobe and I talked about yesterday is just you know the line being you know being huge. What were they going to be able to do versus this three three five? I thought that they did an outstanding job. We were able to do whatever we wanted to yesterday, and that was outstanding. Uh, the running backs ran hard. I was extremely impressed with Lad McConkey, uh, as well as um, you know Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers came to play, um, and that he did. That, that was what was impressed, you know, impressive to me as far as the goat is concerned. Um, I do think that they should build a statue for for Kirby. Um, you know, Kirby is outstanding. What he's been able to do with Georgia is just it's just unprecedented right now. And and, and to win back to back, I mean, you're going back you know, to the Alabama days and, and all of that. I, I just think that he's outstanding. He is what represents Georgia. He's a guy that came home and he came home. He believes in this program, but guess what? He also brought his teammates home. So now you've got Bobo that's sharing in this experience and Muschamp and all these other guys. So um, if they were to go ahead and build a statue of him right now, I'd, I'd totally be okay with it. He's played in three national championships. He's won two. I can guarantee you right now, the next time he gets to a national championship, they are not the team that you want to see. Well, you know, you you brought up the stats about him in national championships, right? That's just at Georgia, folks. Remember, now he was a defensive coordinator, not a head coach, but he he knew <clears throat> from his time as DC there what it took, and he took it to Georgia. And like you said, and, and to me, I love this because you're getting that that community vibe. Right. The, the family, the connection. Right. That, that's the key words that he said last night. This whole season was built off of the term connection. You have alumni. Right. You have you have Bobo. You've got Muschamp. Right. All these guys coming back, being a part of this program, being a part of this coaching staff, you know, and just to see it all culminate into just pure domination in route to a, a second championship in as many years the the culture of what this georgia program is built off of right now to me if if any said this as well the complacency can't creep in and i thought that was that was very moving because he's he's continuing this culture of physicality being comfortable with being physical but he's also understanding that you can never be complacent you see it on the recruiting trail you see it on on the field, right? These guys were swarming to the ball, even with our third string and our backups in, right? Reserve guys in, they were still swarming to the ball like the game mattered, like it was a close game. And that's how you put opponents away. But they played like they had a second life because technically yeah. they did because that Ohio State game was just one field goal away from from really just completely just being different. Now we're not having the same type of talk. And it was almost as if they were truly reborn. Um, you know, if you look at the you look at the game versus um, you know uh, LSU that we talked about. Okay, maybe they're gonna maybe they'll change it or maybe they're gonna learn from this. I mean, they that game was comfortably in hand. And every game that you know they played, even kind of Missouri, they came back and that was a little bit of a test. But on a you know, but this was a bigger stage. And after that Ohio State game, again, it didn't matter who you put out there they were going to be dominant. And if you are a recruit, if you are somebody that is being recruited by Georgia, I hope that right there shows you that, you know, you can be a part of something special. And, you know, and also too, Alabama's always had the number one recruiting class and they weren't even, you know, even close to the, to the thing. The head coach was a commentator. That's pretty sad. <laughs> they, they deserve to be in apparently. Yeah. yeah 
commentator, get out of here, man. Your 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 coach is a commentator, whereas you're you know the the the, the goat coach right now in his prime, he's in his prime, and he's only going to get better. Yeah. So and I, I think saw, I think the big thing too, like just to bounce off what Rob said earlier, it there have been four teams. One has since been vacated, but there have been four teams in modern college football to repeat as national champions. Kirby Smart has been a part of two of those repeats. He has had been a you know determining factor. I mean, he held Notre Dame to 14 in one of those, and he held TCU to seven in one of those. I mean, it, it, it's not just like you know, we're winning shootouts like 2019 LSU. I mean, you're scoring points, but – he turned it on across the board. He told Munkin, here's the keys, let it ride. I'm going to blitz Max Duggan, and we're going to go out there, and we're going we're gonna to check them. If they beat us on the blitz, so be it, it whatever. But we're not going to not pressure and make Max Duggan move his feet, make some uncomfortable throws. Early in the game, he had some inaccurate throws, but he's on the move. The guys are kind of open. I mean, coming open late, but he's having to run. He's running away from pressure. I thought we did a really good job impacting him. Our man, you know, the bane of Juan's existence. We won't speak on who that is because I don't like name dropping. But he held Quentin Johnson one catch for three yards. Played pretty well. He, he, I mean, he actually played pretty well. And and you know what though. Michael Michael Dudley, he actually said it. You know, he said that he believes that there were going to be at least 10 either, you know, combination of sacks or tackles for losses. Man, Michael Dudley was he was on point. And and just like you said, Kobe, if that happens, that means that we're dominating up front and that's going to be a a, a good night for us. So that was a great call on that. Great call uh, by Michael Dudley. Um, the, The same thing, too. So yesterday, Steve Harkness, he actually talked about. You know, hey, the, in the Big 12, they're not seeing these different personnel groupings. Boy, oh boy. I mean, it was just a colossal meltdown for, for that 335. I mean, they completely got dominated. Um, and, and they just schematically too. Schematically too. Yeah. The the yeah. perfect thing that I saw, and Todd Munkin, listen, pay this man whatever the fuck he wants to stay here because you couldn't have designed a better game plan offensively to yeah. balance out that 335 stack yeah. watching that watching the misdirection to make them hesitate oh, because yeah. you knew that they were flowing yeah, watch yeah. the misdirection right misdirection make them hesitate and then dominate what you really want to do oh and the, pass take shots. Down the, the scenes down the down the down the sidelines big, I mean, big was, old lad mcconkey wide the hell open for that 17th point yeah that was 16th. well it was a sick route combination what people don't understand is that corner he's kind of sitting there trying to try, trying to play he all of a sudden sees that back coming out there he naturally has to come up there because that back is affected there's nobody there and then lad mcconkey's running down the field i mean it was it was absolutely masterful well, watching a master TCU master it is, is a is a good football team um uh, again you know on a different night different day it may have been a little bit closer but on that big stage right there they had absolutely no shot they just they didn't max duggan looked bad i mean he looked uncomfortable all night the line was just getting absolutely you know just just murdered another thing steve hartman said is their pass protection what is that going to look like and man oh man those that defensive line, that that shit was scary. I mean, I mean, and honestly, you missed probably three sacks I can think of off top of my head. Out of his, off his legs he, alone, he he moved barely, out of the pocket. Yeah. He barely stepped out of like an yeah. outstretched arm, and he you know just evaded and threw the ball away. I mean, it, you were impacting him to the point where on that on the second. Was it the second pick or it was the first pick? It was the long interception. I think it was the that first was the, That was the first one, yeah. I mean, that guy's wide open. He throws that ball to the other hash like that route is developing. And, I mean, it's a touchdown. But he yeah. throws it almost to where the guy's running, and he just overthrows him. I mean, he – Max Duggan probably played the worst game of the season at the worst time. But I'll tell you what. But it wasn't a, a, a Max Duggan playing bad. At, yeah. at, you know, it, it was that was how dominant Georgia was. And we talked about it yesterday is 
that, you know, Michigan is a physical football team, but they have no idea what they're going to get, you know, what, what they're going to get with Georgia being as dominant and as physical as they are. So it, it you know, wouldn't have mattered if, if, if Max Duggan was playing at the top of his game, he still was going to look bad just because of that pressure. I mean, those interceptions he threw, I mean, that was just, it was just pressure. And then that team speed in the secondary, he hadn't seen anything like that. Michigan doesn't have that type of speed in the secondary or, or even on the line. You, you talk about this, though. I, what, what goes underrated here, we talk about the pressures, but what causes that pressure? Effort. Did you, on, on, that, long t- on that long pick by Javon Bullard, Pop Johnson, the effort to get pressure in his face, jumping over, basically rolling, and then getting back at him, that's the kind of effort that it takes to to force that incompletion. If he doesn't do that, that's that's a bomb, folks. That's a bomb. He was open, and he he sailed the he sailed the throw because the pressure got to him. It's just that's just one example of constantly just sitting there and just watching pure talent with effort. When you combine the two, like Kirby Smart has consistently now for at least the past what three four years, we've seen a consistent growth. When you when you talk when you're talking development, you're talking recruiting, right? You, you're stacking four and five stars in every position, and 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 if you watch that, if you watch the defensive line, you saw it. Offensive line for TCU could not handle the the rotation and keeping the defensive line fresh completely ruined anything any chance that they had. Um, let, let's talk about here. And Landon you, brings up that Landon's actually. Can you throw Landon's comment? Yeah, there it is. He's like, I, I think the, the game shows the gap between the other conferences to us. Unrelated, Texas and OU are about to walk into the same, same massacres voluntarily. You know who I'm so excited to go up against and see? Good old Arch Manning. Good old Man, Arch Manning. All that teasing and all that, hey, we're going to go to Georgia games and doing all that. Can't wait to see you, Arch. Hey, so I'm just going to let you know this right now. So Mike D is dropping some shit in the chat, folks. The brigade is a place to be because you're getting the Wilt Fong prediction, Dylan Raiola to UGA. Now, what does that mean, right? It's a product of what he saw last night in the building. <laughs> he saw it live. Yep. Kobe, Kobe, have your hand up, sir. Please speak. Michael, I like Michael. I feel like Michael might know this. I saw a tweet about it last night. Is it true that Matthew Stafford is Rayola's godfather? Yes, I know that, that for a fact. Is that a true? His, his dad, right, Dylan's uh, dad is Dominic Raiola. They played – Dominic and Matt Stafford played in my, uh, Detroit for, for years. So, yes, that is true. I mean, talk about just an unfair advantage on, on that end to see. Well, well the, the thing is with the thing is with Raiola, right, when, when he decommitted from Ohio State, that's huge news, right? Because at that point, people started looking at Nebraska with some family ties. His, I think his uncle is a – on the coaching staff in Nebraska, right? Matt Rule there, things like that. But what I think just happened last night, if I'm not mistaken, I saw on three. I think it was on three. It said something about his words was, George is just different, folks. When, when the number one player overall is in the building to watch what just happened last night and he has that remark, you have to be feeling somewhat confident in yourself. Well, Juan won't say it, but I will. When you watch Todd Munkin and what he's been able to do with the two-star walk-on, and you go, I'm the best player in the whole country. What could I do in this in this situation? I mean, that's just something to – when you realize that, you know, you're getting the guys out of the portal, you're going to have, you know, probably not Brock Bowers, but you're going to have Oscar Delp. You're going to have probably Deuce Robinson and all these guys. I mean – Rayola's going to have weapons all around him for the foreseeable future. And as long as Munkin's there, he's going to have an offensive coordinator that knows how to to get those weapons in one-on-one situations, you know, expose a defense and its tendencies. I mean, we read the athletic comments that I sent to y'all about that Lad McConkey is a whatever wide receiver. Lad McConkey wouldn't be playing on most SEC schools. He didn't even know how he breaks the top three. He goes out last night, has two touchdowns. I mean, you oh, know, like 50, 50, 50, some, 50 some yards, but two touchdowns nonetheless. It's the, it's the smarts and the, and the play calling and the design uh, that Munkin does, right? So 
you know, and I get what they say about, you know, um, that he, he wouldn't be able to go, uh, McConkie wouldn't go and, and, and play on other teams. But look at like Amendola and, and, and those guys that were for the Patriots. They weren't going to go and necessarily be stars, but, but the offensive coordinator was so masterful at what they did and they won Super Bowls. So I don't, I don't care what you have to say about Lad. Lad balled out. Bowers balled out. The guys that were supposed to do what they needed to do, catching, running the ball, blocking, they balled out. And it's a great system to play for, a great system to be in. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, if you are you know, a, a quarterback, this is going to be a dream. Robert, you were a running quarterback, right? Running option. I honestly yeah. think, and there's no disrespect, that you could have gone out there last night and, and made those throws and, and, and made those plays. I threw, I threw a touchdown pass. Especially that option. I mean, it probably would have taken you, you know, maybe 15, 20 seconds to get there, but I, I think you would have eventually got there. Hey, don't don't ever underestimate me, baby. <laughs> I, you know what, though? I'll tell you what. High school fact here. 41-yard bomb. Look, look some – well, not, not similar to that pass to uh, Lad, but about the same area of the field, right? Last regular season game my senior year, I, I got in an option, obviously, and did a play action off of it. And boy, oh boy, when I tell you I let that motherfucker fly 40, 42 yards right into the end zone, basket catch from the receiver sliding into the end zone, boy, I don't think you could – You, I felt about as high, happy as this. I ain't going to lie. But uh, need, that's neither here nor there. We're talking Georgia football. Now. Says, uh, Belichick is looking at Lad like a piece of candy like Wes was. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a place for Lad. Lad can make plays. I mean, he's you know, he's no different from Renfro that for for Clemson. I mean, he can go out there. He can play. He's fast. He's smart. I mean, this this guy is smart. And and you're not playing against last night. You're not playing against Division three schools, or you're not playing against some some you know what you're quality defenses. And he was kind of hurt too. So. Just imagine what a, a, a top-notch Lad McConkey can do. I think that there's going to be a place for him. Somebody's going to pick him up. He's going to be successful. I, I truly believe that. It's all about how. So I want to talk about this. I think it's. I think right now, as it stands in the state of college football, Georgia has become the standard, right? But Mike Dudley puts up, um, in my opinion, an excellent comment. I'm going to read this for you, and I want to get y'all thoughts on this. It sounds like it's pretty – Current, right? I think Kirby's live right now on the presser. Kirby Smart said that several guys told him they were going into the transfer portal, but stuck it out to try to help Georgia win another national title. That makes me want to cry. In parentheses, uh, Kirby said. Again, what kind of what kind of program is going to see that? I, I don't know if there's one in the country that's going to see that right there. What's on the screen, what I just read out to you. I don't see anyone doing that, folks. I really don't. And I think that's another reason why Georgia has set themselves as the standard of college football right now. Well, I think it's really been about what Kirby has preached since the first national championship we played in and fell short. You know, he, he kind of came back that offseason, I remember, especially on the recruiting trail. and um. And then kind of after that 18 class kind of fell apart, we want guys, we don't care, you know, how many stars they have, that we don't care what their stats were in high school. We want guys that want to be at the University of Georgia, that want to be coached, that want to go to work every day, that want to play football, that love football. And, and that's how you build that culture. That's how you get guys that are here that say, you know, coach, I, I see an opportunity for me elsewhere, but I love you. I love these guys. This is my family. What would what kind of man would I be to leave my family in a time of need going into preparing for a national championship for this university that has done so much for me and my family? I'm going to stick it through. And then, you know, when when this is over, I'm going to have to do what's best for me. But for now, I'm going to put that to the side. And I'm going to do what's best for all of us. Yeah. Well, uh, I got a good, got a good. If you look at it, Kobe, you you made a point because right now we're living in a time where it's about me. It's uh, it's you know all this social media. Let me put up how many offers I've gotten, and and let me tell you how you know how many stars I have. And then yeah, we won a national championship. That's great. But now I want to go 
go off and, and, and do my own thing and have my own type of success. So for them to say, you know what, it's not about me. It's about this, you know, it's about this G. It's about this family. It's about this culture. That says a lot, especially in a time where, you know, again, kids just look at, I want to play right now. I want to be the man. And, and, and I'll tell you what, who, you know, Carson Beck to me, knowing that he thought he was going to be the starter last year and then maybe had a chance to start this year and still just kind of stuck it out about him and, 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 and who he is to this program. And he basically says, I want to be a Georgia guy. I am a, I am a Georgia guy. I think that's, that's great. Well, we knew it was coming, right? Start to see portal entries, things like that. It seems like Brett Scyther uh, just hit the portal, right? Listen, all mad respect to him. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to sound this way. He's a, he's a tight end. It's just when, okay. ultimately what happens is when you have Oscar Delp and you have Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington this year, you, you just get kind of buried. But I felt like he was a needed piece there. Um, yeah, he'll, be, he'll, be fine. he'll end up at like mom, like mom, one, one went like this. Who? <laughs> <laughs> well, see that—that's the thing, right? Obviously, now that the season's over officially, right? You're going to see. Don't get worried, folks. You're going to see a lot of kids hit the portal, right? And you have to expect these things. But do understand one thing: the 2023 cycle, right? These kids are coming in. When you look at guys like Troy Bowles, Raylan Wilson, Demond uh, Wilson, <laughs> Big Jaw, right? Demond Wilson, and that's from on Sanford and Son, and that Lamont, Damon oh, Wilson, yeah. Okay, I mean, Damon Wilson. I mean, it, I've heard Damon Demond, however you want to say D A M A O D A M O N. But nonetheless, go ahead, Kobe. Sorry. I said, let's look at this way too, though. Like, if you're just a a man of of you know numbers, you're bringing in two top 10 tight ends already. I mean, you've gotten so many predictions to bring in Deuce Robinson as well. Like to see Brett leaving, I mean, we've talked about it. Like you have to, you have to make room for the new guys that you're bringing in and the portal is a good way to do that. And, you know, it, it, it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to hit our receiver room at some point. It's going to hit probably our offensive line room. A little yeah. bit at some point, probably the guards. Honestly, I think the guard position. There's so much guard log, like a log jam right there. You'll yeah. probably see somebody leave. My thing is, I want to see Jared Wilson stay, Dylan Fairchild stay, Blasky stay, uh, Michael Morris stay. As long as those four stay, we'll see how it pans out. I, I just think that those guys are multi tools. If you're not careful, like Devin Willock, I think Devin Willock needs to stay too. That's another one. Well, um, well I don't go see Willock. Well, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm just saying. You, we don't know what in the in the day of the portal though. You don't know who's gonna because we we didn't think Tyreek Stevenson was gonna leave considering we thought he was locked up to be the starting star, and he goes to Miami. So we don't know what's gonna happen, right? We don't know who is going to hit the portal, whatever the case, right? Yeah. So keep that in mind, right? Because you might uh, we we talk about guys that got buried in the depth chart. But what about a, what about a potential starter that wants to go see what's out there with regards to NIL potentially? Right. Maybe he wants to be the guy like Jermaine Johnson. Right. Listen, paid off. Yeah, that, that, that's just that that me, me, me type stuff, you know, and, and that's what we don't need. And, and it's, it's funny because, you know, my, my time at Georgia, I was I was redshirted. I didn't touch the field to my third year of, of, of being there. And I and even, you know, when I had when I was on the field, I was second string on even on the four wide receiver set. So not even on the two sets, but the four wide receiver set. But again, like Georgia was my home. Georgia was where I wanted to be. And I just the, the thought of going somewhere else just wasn't even it just wasn't even a thought. And nowadays, these kids don't just they don't have that stick to itness. It's, well, oh, well, I don't think I'm going to get to playing. So I want to go somewhere else, you know, an and opportunity to actually get some playing time. If that's your thing, like I said, Scyther or whoever you are, just, you know, ha have fun at Monmouth. Enjoy yourself and, you know, just go from there. Well, I mean, at the same time, right, we, we know what happens in the age of the transfer portal, right? Like, you look at some guys, like, like you have different situations, right? Luke Ford going up to Illinois for his grandparents, right? Like, that, you remember that story. But then you have, you know, like Jermaine Johnson going down to Florida State being the guy, right? But then you got, you know, Tyreek just didn't pan out, in my opinion, in Miami. But ultimately, when you look at Georgia, you, you, there's so much depth that I don't think Georgia needs to be truly worried. 
about guys hitting the portal because you, you've set yourself up at a prime position where recruits want to come and play. They know they can get developed and hit the NFL in three to four years. Transfers want to come here because, well, I, I can play on the best team and show myself. Like you look at Rob Thomas, Dominic Lovett coming in, right? Instant impact players. It's going to happen next year. Uh, Carson Beck or Vandergriff, whoever is going to be extremely happy to see that. Don't worry when you see these get names hitting the portals. All I'm going to say, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Now, there seems to be some ca- – there's a case update here uh, because Adonis <laughs> Adonis brought out Kobe saying, you're out already. Who'd you snitch on? To which the reply was there was not enough evidence. Got the case throughout. Ain't no snitches around here. Hey, hey. one. <laughs> What do I look look like? Like a damn snitch? I'm about to snitch right damn now. (laughs) Just going to leave that there, folks. If you don't know. That makes me think of the Transformers movie. I don't know. When he's eating the donuts and he's like, that's how they get you. He goes, if you're guilty, you don't touch the donuts. You see this? I ate every one of them. He like drops a plate. When they walk in, he starts panicking. He's like, it was her. It was her. <laughs> them first 40, them first 48s, people getting all them food, like them big-ass dinners. They're like, yep, he did it right there. I saw it happen. <laughs> but, no, so I want to I want trans, uh, move on a little bit. We, we saw the utter domination last night. And after the game, some leaked audio, not to be put on this show, because I don't want to hit like, YouTube. I don't want to uh, have problems with YouTube or anything like that. But – it made the Florida halftime speech PG. But by God, did it make you want to lay some backup one, put your pads on, and My, run through everybody everybody on that everybody, fucking Everybody, everything, brick houses. My God. House, you know, it didn't even matter. Like, I'm telling you, if you hadn't had an opportunity to listen to that audio, if you ever, ever need a motivation, and that's the main thing when I said, no one had a chance. Maybe again, Janet Jackson and the Rhythm Nation could have probably put up a Shot. good fight. What, what about no uh, one had a chance? What about the Zulu Nation? African Bambata and the Zulu yeah. Nation. I got Forty people. Ready to yeah. roll, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen. Confirmation of this: it made Black Adonis put his pads on a call of play. Okay, now in off seers and stuff. That kind. Kirby Smart's a fucking psycho, but I'm here for it and I love it because to to give that kind of a speech and and, and I, I tweeted this out. So if you want to go listen, follow us on socials at Twitter at the DGD podcast, scroll down and you'll find that audio. Listen to it and then tell yourself you're not going to sit there and run through a brick wall because I bet money you'll do it. But to you know, the scariest part about this, though, Juan, is this. When he said it's easy, that right there was the scariest part of that entire clip. Just talk, you know, don't fall on the ground. Tackled people. It's easy. The shit's easy. I heard that, and it resonated. I was like, we're, we're on a different fucking level. Like, yeah, we're on a different level. And, and at that point, I was like, for him to go out there and then, and then, like we said at the very beginning of the show, to answer Holly Rowe's question with aggressive, we're going hunting. At that point, I was like, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Juan's lost it. Apparently, he is not elite today. It's okay, though. It's a, cele- it's a celebration. <laughs> celebration, bitches. I with D's comment up. Yeah, that's so that's the comment old days, man. Is this, is this the comment of the day, though? Like, this is when this is when I think the jail double G when she was on the Oregon Trail, like back in the day. I mean, she made it out to she made yeah. it out to Utah. <laughs> yes, she did. I think that's where they <laughs> they stopped. They stopped. <laughs> oh, oh, Rudes with the Rudes with a four ninety nine super chat dollar dollar bills because it's a celebration. It's a celebration, but just. <laughs> like a Maddie and Rob reveals a new mic. <laughs> I've been had this, by the way. I just don't put it on the show. 
That's that natty mite. Oil, bitch, you cooking? <laughs> we're gonna give we're gonna give Kobe, Rudes, and Joel their own little podcast. Uh, I guess it's his, his OnlyFans podcast, <laughs> so he can go out there and make that money. Oh my God, cash rules everything around me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Nah, in all seriousness, though, guys, like, what a time to be a damn Georgia Bulldog fan. In all seriousness. I mean, y'all played it. Like, like y'all play. What, uh, what is back-to-back? Like, one shape, like, you had the little lump right there, you know? <laughs> in all seriousness, though, Adonis, going, Adonis trying to make us not elite today. Um, in all seriousness, though, right? Back, look, at Swolder's coming out. Yeah. What does what did, all right, as a former player, both of y'all, what does it mean for y'all to see this back to back national championship? What does it mean to y'all since y'all are former players? I mean, just you know, just Kirby talking about being elite. I mean, and, and this is what I talked about last year, or actually two years before, when I said once we beat Alabama and we get over that hump, it's gonna be bad. And, and I predicted us winning three out of the next five national championships. We got over the hump against Alabama. We go back to back. If 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 we do a three-peat, which I don't think has ever been done. It um, hasn't. It hasn't. You know, that that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be far off the mark. I mean, you know, it, it's it's something different here because Alabama's getting all the five stars. Texas A&M, they're getting all the five stars. These other teams are getting all these five stars and these great recruiting classes. But what they're doing at Georgia, again, it's 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 the culture, it's that it's that weight room, it's that mentality. It, it's it's just something different that I know, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for Kobe, but for me, I, I can tell you right now, it would inspire me and 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 have me just going above and beyond to 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 be a better player um, and, and and be a part of this, you know this great dynasty that's taking place. Yeah. Kobe, what you got, man? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's just kind of amazing that when you really start to, to talk about every senior class pretty much since Kirby's been here has been a part of the winning is senior class. Like they just constantly keep knocking each other off. Like in 2019, we won enough games, we, like, tied the 2002 team. Well, then I think the next year that team beat us by a game. And now, you know, 2021, those guys beat them by two games. And now 2022, like, you're just – every every year Kirby's getting better and better. You're winning more and more games. You're hitting that that place where you're not, you're not being down. You're not losing things. You know, you're just still – is still in the early, you know, he, he's still building to things. And I think that's what's scary. I think the win in the back-to-back, um, for me, I mean, after losing the one in 2017, after, um, you know, for Nick and Sony and those guys who, who gave a lot to this program who really are the building blocks of kind of what this program has been built on, the, you know, the physicality, the toughness. You know, Nick Chubb is a prime example of, you know, shut up, put your head down, and let's go to work. And if it's Tuesday and, you know, you want me to run into Roquan Smith 15 times, I'm ready to go. And, you know, I don't care that he's going to be a top five draft pick and I should have been a first-round draft pick. Like, it's just over and over and over again. Um, I, I think it, it means a lot. I think it shows how difficult it is to do. Um, and at some point – it's not over. And it's like Kirby said in 2017, you know, we'll be back. And it's like he said this year, we're not going to be hunted. You know, don't think that this is the end, especially with it expanding. And I think we've seen this year that expansion is not always the answer. I mean, there was one true king of college football this year and no one else was close. Yeah. Um, so there's a six. Six dollars and thirty-three cents, and it looks donation. like it's three to three. Um, it is. I, I, don't know, I just I have a problem with you know with us not giving the brigade what they want, and and I don't know. That's just that's just me, Robert, and I'm not here to call names. Call I me. That's, I, that's I, not I my style. I'll do that. But you know the brigade with the delegation make this. They're the ones that make this thing happen, man. And if they ask for something, I just 
you know, I, I think it should happen. That's just I'm gonna touch on I'm gonna touch on Adonis's comment about that I'm gonna go golf in the Masters. I actually would not have worn this today because uh, it's kind of hot in the office. But there's like about a six or seven inch like thread that's been pulled out of the back of this shirt that I just like do not want to throw this shirt away right now. And so I'm hiding it from everybody at work. Very unfortunate. The truth, the truth shall set you free. Yeah. I hate when shirts get picked. That's like one of the worst things ever because then, I mean, either you wear them and look like an idiot or like, I mean, y'all saw where I lived. Y'all saw where I lived yesterday. I'm not in the business of throwing things away at the moment. Well, yeah. there's still, I think, the the issue of $11 being on the table for So, I mean, you do have that. That's in the chat. Apparently, the money that Roots and, and, and J-O-W-G sent, I can go get a Pfizer at Dollar General. Yeah. Uh, I need I need the Georgia though because right now I literally could pull off a Kirby Smart if I had the visor. So maybe maybe there's money in the brigade fund that in the treasury that uh, we can set that up. I do have to ask Joel though: Is that six dollars and thirty three cents? Is that from the DGD account? And if that is, you know, then, now, then what now, are we doing? What are we doing here? If that's the case? Got nails done, some diapers for for grandkids and, and formula. Oh, speaking wow. of speaking of she, so Joel tried the. Uh, the holiday Java blend from Apotheos apparently today uh, apparently loved it. So if you need if you need some coffee, get you some holiday Java too. Hurry up though. I think they I think like mid January it might be gone. So hurry up with that. Um, we already brought this up once. <laughs> Hard earned money here going to almost going to waste here. Jesus. Yeah, uh, apparently, Pat says he saw we saw where uh, Kobe was housed yesterday. Uh, call it the gulag, if you will. Uh, yeah, the show suffered as a result. We had the gulag Wi-Fi going. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely there. I'm um, glad it, that, uh, your Wi-Fi is a lot better than it was yesterday, uh, Robert. So congratulations. You know what? It's because we're elite. It's because we were elite last night. I think. I think TC was trying to hack us. Because he pulled out the orange. The orange That's what I'm about Landon, give us what we want, Kobe. I mean, you know, I, again, you know, if if the brigade calls for it, I, I think they should have it. They earned it. You know, mm. they always yes. come in hot and heavy. That's just me. Oh, wait a minute! 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 Yes, the, anticipa- the anticipation builds. Could it be? Could it be, folks? Up your life. When Kobe Pierce gets angry, he turns into Swoders. <laughs> Black Adonis said you, you had the air fryer connection yesterday, <laughs> Nah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Hold on. I gotta do this. I gotta do. It. Look, look. Oh, Swoders. <laughs> your money your money doesn't go to waste here folks on the dhd yeah. podcast just yeah. gonna let you know that asking you shall receive <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah let's go let's go rude's just barked by the way <laughs> uh any final words guys any final words before we wrap this thing up today I, I, let, I, you know, let us know in the brigade too. What's your last final words before we leave? Ex- excellent season. Um, you know, we, we talked about it all year. We had some ups and downs, but at the end, you know what? Georgia came out on top. Uh, you know, for me, the most exciting part of this whole thing, obviously, is spending it with you guys. But the brigade has always been hot, making it making it fun, enjoyable. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing this again next year. Uh, the addition of Kobe this year was awesome. Um, you know, j- just fantastic insight. But even the fun and all that, Robert, you've always been great. You know, and, and you guys have been great to me. I'm just, you know, just blessed to be a part of this this podcast and uh, blessed to be a national champion. Well, it's only just beginning, folks. It's just beginning. Um, apparently, J-O-double-G said, oh, my, to which I, I think she had a she needs a depends change. Swolders, we we have to refer to you as Swolders now since the Swolders is out. Um, Swolders, do you have any final words? Celebration, bitches! (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Enjoy yourself.
Yeah, oh, I think I'm, I'm with Juan. You know, it, it's been really great from watching the podcast, kind of meeting Robert, you know, in, in Twitter spaces last year um, to really, you know, watching last season, being a part of it. And then, you know, this season before it kind of got started, um, you know, came to Robert with the idea of we should do, you know, a college football style pick them. Like, I think it'd be super interactive and fun to keep up with on the show to him saying, you know, maybe I want to do a guest picker and us kind of talking. And I was like, you know, if you ever need one, like I'd be more than happy to, to pop on. And I really didn't think when I, when I hopped on that first Wednesday that I'd be here every Monday, Wednesday with you guys. And even a few Tuesdays along the, along the, you know, way and the brigade's been great. I mean, this folders things all, all in good fun. And, you know, everybody comes every day. Nobody's too serious. We haven't really had to, you know, fork our way through a, a loss either, but that just makes everything that much better. So, I think I think Juan's reading the comments that I'm reading from Adonis. <laughs> so he, he goes he goes on the roast of the DGD podcast, saying back to back, Rob that Rob that beard's horrible. Juan, you old. Kobe, we have beef for not backing me up with the Florida picks. With that being said, listen. <laughs> We picked we picked the same teams that day. <laughs> we did, and then, and then Kobe watched Adonis just get taken down. Man, he's just like, oh man, it looks bad. You're talking about the beard being horrible, but it's on the show, and you're not right now, Adonis. We, we killed him. We went nine and one that week. If, 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 if Florida. if listen, Florida's hot. Florida's hot. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. They're not hot. Miami's not hot there. No, no. Talk about one quick thing that I want to say. Just that made me think of it for some reason. If you're a Texas A&M fan and you realize that you have hired um, whatever his name is that I can't even think of as OC. Yeah. And then Kingsbury just gets fired yesterday. And you know he's coming back to college football. And he has ties at Texas A&M. And you could have thrown all the oil money you wanted to at him to be your OC, to bring you, to thrust you into the 21st century of offenses. I mean, that just is like the icing on the cake for them in you hire this scandalous offensive coordinator versus a young, hip, like knowledgeable offensive coordinator who's been an NFL coach who knows how to do things. And I just feel like it is just a matter of time for Jimbo and the boys over in college station. Yeah. Custer's last stand. Yeah. Agreed. Also too, I agree with Patrick. If TCU um, for TCU, if Mechie and Williams didn't get hurt, TCU probably would have won that game. And Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, that's true. Juan, can we get a Henderson hooker? Henderson hooker. (laughs) Just saying, with oh, all right, folks, listen, we're, we're going to put a wrap on the 2022 Georgia football college all right, season, but that does not mean that the DGD podcast will take a time off. We are coming back Monday. Listen, there's no such thing as an off season here, folks. There's not, there's not, there's a lot of shit to look in, uh, looking ahead. Uh, Juan was right beside the general in the last stand. Nah, he was, he's a victor though. All right. Custer, Custer lost. Juan yeah. does never, Juan never loses. Yeah, never. One never loses. Never. <laughs> Period. And, and as Mike as Mike Dudley says, 2023 recruiting season. Listen, there's always something to talk about. Look at the state of the team moving forward, right? We talked about this before, right? A lot of freshman folks made plays, and a lot of them last night, and they're going to be back on this team. What does that mean for Georgia looking ahead? Recruiting class, right? Mike D with the facts and the and – we don't rebuild, we reload. Podcast. With that being said, like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, right? Follow it, leave us a review on the podcast itself. Adonis, the band of my existence, says, not ask him about our morning basketball. He definitely takes some L's. So, no, that means no comment. Yes. It means, and, and it's French for a well's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego. No. Uh, so listen, we got. I'm gonna leave it on this note right here. We talked about it. Hey, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. 
But I'm going to leave you with one final word before we wrap this thing up and move on. You win in Indy. That's your first one in 41 years. You win last night, SoFi in L.A. Why can't we do three in Houston? Think about that. Come back Monday noon. Boys will be here. We're going to talk. We'll talk something. But stay tuned, folks. We'll let you know. With that being said, Kobe, Juan, have a great day. Brigade coming in hot and heavy. Listen, it's a great day to be a fucking Georgia Bulldog, folks. With that being said, go dogs. We'll catch you on the next episode. Go dogs. Go dogs.